Welcome to No Hope, the podcast. I can be on stage and have a normal life and get a salad? Hi. Hi. We're it's back. It's Tim Law Miller. And Scott Schneider. And you're listening and to... we are... No, no hope, hope. The podcast. The podcast. That was, that was a that was lot right. better than the last time we tried that. Um, we are outcasts in, in the, the arts. arts. Q, um, Q Bet Midler sound clip. We have so many, um, I realize because we normally, as I said last time, we normally do a little bit of a rewind. Mm -hmm. We talk about all the things that we fucked up the previous episode, but once again, we're not going to do that. So we're going to really, you're just going to have to like live with our mistakes for a while. Yeah, we're going to, exactly, exactly. That's good. Mistakes uh, equal growth, right? (laughs) Isn't that the thing? I just learned that on Younger this week. Oh. Yeah. It's at, wait, wow, shoot. What is the, it's a book that this woman is writing. I want Laura Benanti. Did you know that Laura Benanti is on Younger? I did because I, 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 well, I don't reason, watch that show religiously, but yeah, she popped up and I'm like, oh my goodness, well, what's she there's doing? There's really no reason to watch it anymore except for Nico Tortorella, but I'm going to go ahead and wow, see it. Wow, that's you a know? big, bold statement. I'm not but sure. I'm gonna... Laura Benanti is in it and I didn't realize that that was her oh really like until like last week okay. yeah it's i know it's pretty ridiculous that anyway ridiculous. that has nothing to do with anything except for mistakes and waiting and we are going to wait no longer because right now we're going to welcome yet another very special guest oh my god we forgot to ask you <laughs> before we it. started do it about your last name Brittany ann is it a setta or a cheddar a yeah, setta. it's a setta. Okay. I'm so pros. glad that I, because you know, I, I had a feeling you were going to forget to ask that question. And I was like, let me just let him fail. Well, I know that was not <laughs> nice of you. Hello, Brittany Ann. Thank you so Hi, much Brittany for Ann. being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. It's good. It's really good to see it you. So it's been a you. while since we've seen you. I think the last time was in the lobby yeah. of the theater, which I can't remember the name of the theater, even though I've been there so many times, um, where we saw you in the mm-hmm. office. My goodness. Yes. It was so what, long. When was that? Probably closer to two years ago, yeah. I would say. Like two years ago. I believe, like okay. I believe ago. it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It kind of feels the like Jerry a decade Orbach ago. Theater. I know. Ah, that's right. That's right. Oh, yep. yes. Okay, okay. Um, such a fun little space and such oh a God. fun show. Super fun and show. So, and so also great to to see you. Um, I mean, I uh, obviously we're, we're fans of yours, and we've had the privilege of working with you. Um, but... Uh, for the most part, like I had known you through uh, when we saw your audition clips or mm-hmm. your, your, your reel um, on YouTube. And you have a lot of you. You have really you put yourself on tape a lot and you put yourself out there to, to share with the world, which I think is really, really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I've been it's kind of accumulative, I think, because there's so much footage of me over the years from when I was younger and mm. so over time, there's just all these videos of me, which I think is cool because I get to kind of watch myself grow up sometimes if I want to oh, go back in totally. YouTube and see little baby Brittany Ann like <laughs> singing <laughs> into the mic at 10 years old, like thinking she could do all the Alicia Keys riffs and stuff. Oh my God. 
And she could. And she could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, just speaking to that, before we, before we um, be, become more technical here and actually ask you some questions so that people know who you are, I was watching um, uh, you, it's an original piece called Gone Girl. And you were 18. You said you had just, you say, you say in the video, I just turned 18. And she's a homegirl, a piece of progress right next to my soul. Whoa. But she's a cold girl, look into her eyes and you'll see why. you realize she's a gone girl. And it's so, I was like, oh my God, like that is so amazing. But did you really start putting yourself on video at 10? Yeah. Like did you start posting yourself at 10? That's so crazy. I did. I'm 22 now. So it's been a while. It's been a while. And I just, I was 10 or 11 and my mom, it was around the time that Justin Bieber went viral. Oh, okay. And he was quite a few years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so my mom said, you know what? We got to get you on YouTube. I don't care what we do. We just got to put you on there. We're and so it was me and happen. her. We picked a bunch of songs to do. She did my hair and my makeup. And we oh we just love started from there. Yeah. How did you? That, so did, did she and you pick the songs together? Or is it more? Did you choose the songs? Um, She definitely had a heavy input as to what songs I sang. Um, Songs she liked and she songs she thought that uh, were impressive for me to sing at that time. So it was, I, I had her right by my side. She She's my number one supporter and lifts me up like no that's, one else. That's amazing. Do you come that's from awesome. a musical family? Is she a musician as well? Um, She is. Her whole family is all musicians. I have 13 aunties and uncles on her side and they're all, they all play music wow. in some way. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. That's so amazing. I always like to ask that question because, uh, it's just, it runs the gamut. Like my family, like nobody like is into music at all. Um, Mm -hmm. so they they were always sort of like, where did you, where did that come from? Where did you, but, uh, part of it was like fate. They got a piano and so they sort of inherited a piano. So I just, as a very young child started playing it, but I always think it's just interesting. Like, who gravitates towards music and why and how. Um, but that's amazing that you have like a large family that's, that are all musicians. Yeah, but I, I they, none of them do it for a living. Like it was all mm. just a hobby. And my mom doesn't play or sing anymore, but she was the one she taught me the basic three chords that she knew on piano, like C, A minor, okay. F, G, the first four chords and same sure. thing for guitar. Yeah. So yeah. I just took that and like kind of ran with it. Um, as you know, it once you pick, once the seed is planted, it, it starts to grow on its own. And absolutely, um, and then so, there's yeah. two things that I always sorry. I have no, to, there's two things that I always think about when I hear something like that Schneider that piano story and the contrast of Brittany and your situation. Mm-hmm. One is 
this and this is kind of like this belief that I still have some hidden talent that I don't know about because I was never exposed to it. Because imagine what if you didn't what if you totally. didn't have a piano when exactly. you were that young? It's like I may and never, you never have, tried to yeah. play a piano. And then at like 35, you were like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly, you know, I don't know, have an ear for piano. And the opposite of that, of course, is that you grow up your whole life with exposure to a certain thing. And so probably most people are going to take to that and most people are going to find joy in that because so many people around you are finding joy in that. And I love that too. I think both of those are just such interesting, you know, experiences of finding music or finding the arts or being creative. You know what I mean? I do kind of, I do believe in faith though. I'm a strong believer in that. So I think that no matter what how our, our backgrounds might have been, whichever way it could have gone, we would have fallen into music somehow. I like to think that at least. Who knows? Yeah. But I think that's true. I mean, I would have gravitated toward towards music in some form, no matter what. I mean, and it's just such a you know innate emotional like connection for me that uh, yeah, if it hadn't been piano, it would have been some other gateway. You know, probably singing in chorus and that sort of thing. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So Brittany Ann, we're at we're talking to you because we know you, but there is a possibility that someone listening doesn't know who you are. So one of the first questions that we like to ask is how would you sort of professionally label yourself? Um, I would I still I always say that I would probably like I haven't decided already. Like I would say probably i still would say probably writer director mm. lyricist or something in that range um what would what would how would you on your resume or on your linkedin like how do you primarily present yourself in this industry this is an interesting question for me because i i feel like in my young adult life i've just started to like learn how to identify like everything that i am in in my art so i i would say i'm definitely a musician first Musician, actor, um, writer, strong mover. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that you labeled yourself as a I also think of myself as a musician. But yeah, I had meant to say that when we listened to your audition reel, it was like very apparent to both of us. We were like, oh my God, we need to cast her just because you were so perfect for like what we had envisioned for the songs, the song cycle that we were working on. And, um, you know, because we had in mind this like singer songwriter uh type character but uh beyond that just like sort of right away the vibe i got from your tape was like oh she's a musician like she isn't just like a singer or an actor like just a very well-rounded like i immediately could get that from your from you and you know just connecting you know being able to understand the song and sort of like absorb the song and then you know communicate that to an audience that was like very clear to me so it's also really clear in your the the various clips you have because some of them yes are like really personal you're in Mm. your bedroom and then the other ones like when you're fucking singing the national anthem singing the shit out of it it's so (laughs) so beautiful um, on big stages with so many people and I think that that is always something that I've just had such a um, like in awe of someone who oh, can sure. command that sort of that that has that sort of presence and c- command that especially that song I mean good lord what a 
you know, how was it? How how old were you when you first sang the national anthem in front like of a like large a arena. enormous group of people? I was 13 and it was Madison oh Square Garden gosh. for a Knicks game. come to be how did you how did you get that so i um worked closely when i was younger with this foundation called the wounded warrior project um yeah okay and they are a partner organization with the garden of dreams foundation that works out of madison square garden and um their president stacy and easy happened to be at one of the events where the rangers players were accompanying a couple wounded warriors at this event at in tower seven in the city and i sang the national anthem she saw me uh, and said like we need you to like sing this at other sports games too like and so that's how i i got that that's amazing that is incredible um, were you nervous and do you generally get nervous uh, as a performer uh, so it's weird. I think every it's relative for me, like depending mm. on the gig. So as funny as this may seem, the bigger the audience, the less nervous I am. Like for stuff <laughs> like that, there is a, a lot of technical stuff that I have to worry about, like uh, okay. the second and a half delay. I don't have in ears um, for stuff like that. So I have to keep time while what? hearing myself. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's intense. <laughs> but it's almost like. It's easier for me to stay in my little safe space in my head when I'm surrounded mm-hmm. by thousands of people okay. than it is okay. to have those intimate, those that, in- right. intimate gigs. That's where I that get makes most sense. nervous. That makes sense. Because, like, you know, when you can really zoom in on individual faces, it's like you can see people's reactions and that sort of thing. So, and I want yeah, to that, that does them. actually. Yeah, of course, of course. Yes, but to connect with them is also really um, vulnerable and challenging when you're also trying to mm. remember something and 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 use your. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I the few very few times that I have sung on the little stage at the duplex in one of our shows, mm. I think twice maybe. Psh, fucking wreck, well. wreck. I mean, I also don't sing regularly, but I, but I. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that I agree that sort of like when you're like Proximity. four feet away from somebody, yeah. you're like, ah, you know, yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying because yeah. I feel like the only way for me to do this right is to connect. But how mm-hmm. terrifying to be vulnerable yeah. and, and allow that to happen, you know? Yeah, I, d- so I tend you... to get uh, it seems counterintuitive, but I tend to get more nervous for rehearsals than I do for for performance. I like going into oh, a rehearsal process, just, you know. That's sort of when my like type A brain kicks in and it's like, you know, like uh, I just I want to do a good job and I'm very much, you know, sort of obsessive and in my head. But like by the time the performance happens, I feel like, okay, well, all of the work is done. You know, this is just like I get to enjoy it now. So that's that's my 
that's me. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it, there's been times where I'm like, I probably should have been nervous for that thing, but for whatever reason, wasn't. <laughs> that's amazing. So you, so again, uh, for for people who may not have seen this little show that we did at the Green Room 42 the year after, which is the last thing, the last thing, major thing mm. for certain that we did um, together. Uh, which was in September of 2018. And there were five people in that. And Brittany Ann, you were one of them. Um, you sang uh, two of like just songs that we love so much, uh, which are Boundaries and Afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then you also sang, yeah, you sang on several, several other pieces like group, as well. Group but numbers. Um, that has been an interesting thing to... Uh, I'm curious if you've if you've thought about um uh like we've thought about the the show remaining or even sort of becoming more relevant as time has gone on and things have become more crazy. I'm like we could write more we could we could just keep writing for this show. It <laughs> would never end. <laughs> I mean truly. Tr yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> It's it's absurd. We've actually written a couple of other songs mm -hmm. um, in the same that are, sort of spirit. Are, yeah, in the yeah. same sort of vein, and redid some stuff, uh, which has been, which has actually been really fun to work on because I think that the we both really felt good about. You know, obviously there are always things that you want to fix, but we we both loved doing that show and and working with all of the cast, and it was a fun venue, and you know we had a, a great audience, and and um, so I just wanted to give people context for mm -hmm. listening that's how we know you that's the time that we've worked together um but let's so let's go back now that we know kind of what this connection is when did you like scott said he got he, they inherited a piano and you started playing around the age of five right uh yeah i mean i i don't remember a time that i wasn't playing the piano it's like as i was learning like you know language and being a human being like at the same time i was like starting to learn music so for me it's like it's always been a language for me so so what about you tell us about your like when did you first see your aunts and uncles or your mother performing and what was the context of that and and how did music sort of enter your life so it's kind of crazy because uh it i really wasn't uh exposed to it by my family outwardly because oh. they all like my my mom's family is uh from belize they all live there um but oh, wow. there's footage of me at one and a half holding a microphone like singing um <laughs> shania twain's you're still the one I'm on. oh my god that's amazing <laughs> oh my lord i also love that song <laughs> oh, oh such a great song my goodness no. but yeah it, it just just like Scott said, like, it's just always been a language for me. It, it, I think my, my mom saw that I uh, was stimulated as a baby when music mm. played and she, the, her wheels started turning and, you know, said, give, give the baby a microphone, see what she does, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of how it happened. Do you remember, um, like, the first live musical that you saw? I do. It was Beauty and the Beast. Oh. And I was six or seven, and I was just so excited to be in the theater because I wanted to eat a bunch of candy and watch <laughs> the show, <laughs> but more so for the candy. Yeah. 
because <laughs> um, my mom finally let me have some candy and popcorn. And it was actually the run where, oh, my goodness, the woman who was in That's So Raven, she was doing the run as Belle in oh. um, in Beauty and the Beast. And so I was even more excited because I had loved That's So Raven as a, a kid, too. And I was so starstruck. I'll never forget. I was so excited. I ate so much candy and I yacked the entire car ride home because I was so excited about what I had just seen. <laughs> oh See, at least you waited until you were in the car. Could have been, could have been worse. Yeah, but that was the first musical I saw. Very yeah, impactful. So yeah. Oh, I bet. I'm sure. I'm sure. And was that, were... where was that? Was that on Broadway? Yes, that was on Broadway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're the second person that that was their sort of gateway Broadway musical. Uh, our, yes, our, our guest Kyle so also amazing. that was that was his first Broadway musical. Yeah. Look at that. Was it? I, I'm confused about time now because you're so young. And how how long was it there? It's I only... really don't know. I couldn't tell you. Okay. So so after that experience, then what 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 was the first musical that you ever performed in? This is crazy, but the first musical musical I'd ever done was The Office, a musical parody. Really? Oh, my God. You so, didn't do like uh, high school musicals or community theater or anything like that? I never did any theater like that until I got after I did it, started doing it professionally. So growing up, I was doing acting, singing and instruments all separate. I was in three separate programs okay. and I was itching to tie it all together, but I felt like I could get more out of like the details of each discipline by doing them separately. And then I went to college. I went to AMDA for musical theater and that's where okay. I tied it all together. So they were oh very gosh. siloed experiences. Very well. much so. Yes. And, uh, and what was AMDA like? Tell us about yeah, AMDA. Tell me about I AMDA. never... I have to say it completely changed my life. It changed my perspective of how I view theater, how I approach art per se. I've learned so much. Um, I got a lot out of the program and I had worked with a lot of incredible um, teachers who were out doing it for real at the same time that they were teaching. And I felt so like spoiled and blessed to be able to have that experience. Um, it, I, I um, yeah, it, it taught me a lot of, of, the foundations of how to start. I feel like sometimes I get um, overwhelmed when, like, I just want to do a good job. You know, I just want to make sure that I'm bringing to light this this piece of art by like wonderful composers like you two, and to the best of my abilities. And Amda taught me how to break things down and you know set my intentions and actions and objectives and all that and like just tie everything together. And do they also do they give you a lot of like? Um practical knowledge too of like you know how to enter the industry um or is it mostly focused on like um you know performance so they do uh that would be the last semester which is the fourth okay. they it's all about that oh that's awesome yeah yeah i was very really grateful to have that experience yeah that's great because uh, uh i did a music business program and i i felt like they probably could have done more in that respect but um uh, just in terms of like prepping you on the, you know, the, just the administrative nuts and bolts, like, you so, know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's great. And that you had 
instructors that were like you said like doing it that's amazing too because i'm sure like you were able to just learn a lot from them just by osmosis honestly yes where is where is the physical campus so like where were you going it was it's on 61st street in amsterdam avenue in the city okay by the river yeah and it's a super it's a fairly small building i think it's only like four or five stories very small school but yeah it was was really great and how many how many people were in your like they take a certain number of people each year um for the two-year program and for the four-year program or are they are they separate tracks or are they the same and some people just leave earlier like how does that work so i think after the two years you had a choice to continue going or you can Mm, stop there um okay i don't think the curriculum is different i think it's in new york per se in la you can do you can coast for the four years total and i think that the curriculum's a little more spread out in New York, it's always a two-year intensive, and then you'll go to finish the rest of the two years in L.A. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. And I think they take a hundred and something kids every year, and like in my class, I had twenty-something kids, less than thirty. Mm. So okay. yeah, I was very lucky. It was very small and um, personal. So you really got to know everybody, and you really had personal relationships with your teachers and your professors. Um, that's awesome. So, and how much, how were you, were you going like full time? Were you taking like five, you know, four or five classes a semester or what was the sort of, you know, what was the time commitment like? Basically I say like I disappeared for two years. Like you didn't know, like you didn't see me, you didn't hear from me because I was head down studying, going, going ham for two years. Okay. So it's pretty intense. intense. Very intense. Okay. Which taught and me a lot you, too in that aspect, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. And where and where do they have dorms? Were you living sort of on at the campus, or are you commuting in? Um, they have two dorms. I was living in the city with my father already, so I just commuted and uh, gotcha. lived with him. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I don't. I don't know very much about Amda, I know. I, and I. I feel like I want to know. I've always kind of wanted to know more, um, because it's such a different kind of structure than you know, the the sort of school thing, which yep. I think, <laughs> which I think most programs do not prepare you for right, the real exactly. world. You know, that's I don't think they. I, was I don't to. think they're interested in the real world. Yeah, it's I very like in. <laughs> academic and secluded, and it's like very much yeah, a different yeah. thing. But yeah, I, I was in high school I choir mean, with somebody who specifically came. I'm from Indiana, who went to New York for the AMDA program because he was very much like, I want to hit the ground running and like start my career. And he did two year, he, he did the two year program and then like started like booking, you know, Broadway shows and, you know, touring productions yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I really feel like AMDA prepared me for that because I was, I'm not a school person. Like I did mm. terrible in school growing up, mm. um, but I excelled there because it wasn't like that. It was different. Sure. Yeah. It was your passion, which is great. It was your passion. Yeah, yeah. Did so? Did you? Did you play? Did you play instrument, sing, act, dance? That all of those things were part of the program. Like you were able to to keep, like you said, that they kind of brought all these things together. So you were able to sort of keep continue to work on all of those things 
while in while in those uh, courses. Yes, and I'm really thankful because they allowed people to kind of sh- like bring to the table what they wanted. So the baselines was singing, dancing, acting, uh, mm-hmm. voice training, and then in our musical theater class there would be a day where we could come in and do whatever we wanted. And I wanted, it's very important to me that they know I play music. So I brought my guitar in and then they saw that. And then they said, okay, so for this next song, you're going to accompany yourself. And then, so they really gave me, it gave me a chance to cultivate everything and, or what I wanted, what I chose to bring. So yeah, it was just all around a really great program. That's That's amazing. How old were you and what was it the first song that you wrote? I was nine and it was called I Need You. (laughs) And I don't know who I was, who I needed. I don't know who I was singing about. (laughs) Um, What did it sound like? Oh, I remember like almost the whole thing. Of course. It's like ingrained in my head forever. Can you sing it? I'll give you a little bit. You gave us a couple bars. I just know the first, the first line was like, Sing a song or a lullaby, I need you in my life to stay. And then the chorus was, and I need you. I. That's it. Oh my God. And then I called I both my parents one. in. It was like 10 o'clock at night. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, I wrote a song. I'm so excited. And they're like, it's very good. Very good. Of course. Very supportive. Oh, that's, that's amazing! Awesome. And what what were you uh, listening to at the time? Like, what was your what was your what were your jams? What like uh, were you into pop music or country? You mentioned Shania. Like, yeah, what, what do you feel like your influences were around then? Around that time, uh, I was very into like the divas of Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey, oh, yeah. Houston, but also okay. very. I'm still a big like rock person. I love alternative mm. music too. Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers, um, my goodness, 311. I've, yeah, and I've been listening to classic rock growing up too. So I, I've had a lot of, um, like alternative influences as well at that time. I can't, I can't put a finger on exactly what I was listening to, but, uh, probably something like Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Love some Destiny's Child. Still do. Oh my God. Yeah. Early Destiny's Child. It's great. It's awesome. And what 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 made you think I can do that? I can write a song. I wanted to see if I could. It was the only oh. thing that I love to do, and I wanted to play. When you're a kid, you I think like as we grow up, we become really like almost overly aware of like the space we take up and the decisions we make, the things we want to do. But when you're young, you just do it because you want to. I just wrote a song because I wanted more, to. You know? Yeah. Yes. Just like base yes. impulses. <laughs> you know, you're just like, I could do that. Absolutely. Yes. It's awesome it's that wonderful. you did that at nine. It, like, I, you know, I grew up playing classical piano and it, it you know, it was always like notes on the page. So it, it I didn't come in to that to, until much later. Like, it didn't even occur to me. Like, oh, I could also like make music. Like, it was very much a, a later, much later uh, revelation to me. So that's awesome. At like nine, you're like, I could do that. That's very, very cool. There's duality too, though, because you say that and then like I struggle with reading notes my whole mm. life. Like I still can't like reading music is a big challenge for me. So I guess okay. there's this balance, yep. you know. 
That's a question that we were going to ask you. I think that, right, Schneider, you I think Did I? had that on the list somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm sure. I was, your... Yeah, I was curious what level of, yeah, did you take like piano lessons and guitar lessons or was it more of, yeah, just like an, an innate thing that you just, you know, sort of did your own thing and taught yourself? Uh, I've been taking piano lessons consistently since I was nine my whole life. Okay. But re- reading notes, it's... If you give me something to learn, I do need the sheet music, but mm. it's it's a collab collaboration with my ear in the it. page. Like I can't do it just from looking at it or just hearing it. That's that's been like rocky. And Amda did help me with like sight reading and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in piano lessons, I struggle with reading notes all the time. I've always struggled with that. And so you think it's more like there you're using both parts of the brain in a way and and that is what like you but like when you like for example the the youtube clip when you're playing let it be at 54 below speaking words of wisdom let it be Are you looking at music then? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I just, so songs like that, that are more, less complex per se. I understand like theory okay, okay. And, and how, you know, theory and, and keys and all that, how, how to play around in certain keys. Mm-hmm. But if I want to play it note for note, I need that sheet music. Got it. Okay. 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 That makes sense. So you weren't in a musical until you were in the until you were working professionally. <laughs> I love that. That's um, awesome. In the Office parody musical, which like, how did that happen? Tell us about the um, the journey to getting to landing that that gig. What was that like? It was kind of crazy. I felt I'm not, and 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 to be completely honest, given that that was my background, having never done a full on musical. I felt a little bit like a cheat. I'm like, can I really do this? There's all, I'm sitting in a room with all of these talented people Mm. that have been in musicals since they're like so young. And I have the tools and the sides, but can I really do it for real? Like, can I really tie it all together? And I had just signed with my agent, Margaret Emery. She's incredible. And I did, um, I had been with her for about six months. October, November. Okay, four months. I'd been with her for four months and she, we were testing the water. She was sending me out for all these different things and nothing was biting. And I had just been in that same weekend. I was in for Dear Evan Hansen mm. um, and The Office. And I had made it to like the last round of Dear Evan Hansen. And I was waiting to hear back. And then <sighs> I went in for The Office and they called me in the next day. And um, he says, the producer says to me, I think you need to see the show tonight. I think you need to understand like the nature of it and what it's like, mm. because you guys saw it was like, yeah. you know, um, improv and, and just craziness. And yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, it was such a it's fun show and yeah, yes. you had yeah. So, much so much to do. Fun. Oh my yeah. God. It was like, yeah. you know, you were spinning plates basically. It was like Truly. so much to do. Yeah. And so I got a ticket and I went that night and my jaw was on the floor the whole time. I was mm. like, this is amazing. 
I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I booked it the next day. I got an offer and I was like, you know what? Well, now I have no choice. I have to do it. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it was just, I, I truly think I'm like so blessed and lucky to, to have that as my first like musical experience. Yeah. I had learned, it really taught me how to do it, do the thing and, and have all of the, if there was, I don't think there could be more on my plate for that show. Yeah, <laughs> you know? seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, absolutely. You were all like well, 100 so miles had per the hour. the show, was the show, did you open the show? No, I did not. So how was that process? And had how much, like a lot yeah, of the how cast much time been did you in? have? Yeah, to go how in? much time did you get to go in and stuff? Uh, I was an immediate replacement, and I had a week and a half to learn the track. Wow. Week wow. And a half to okay. Use. Um, and yeah, everyone was so gracious and like helping me and guiding me of just being like, go here, go there, you know, do this, do that. So it was, I had a lot of support in, uh, you know, you never, I don't think you ever truly feel ready on opening night, but it was like, uh, survival mode just kicked in mm-hmm. and I just went for it. I don't know how long you had been in the show when we saw you, but a little bit, right? I had been at least in a it couple of months for a couple of months when, when you guys so. came okay. to see me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then how much longer did you do? How, what was your total run with the show? I was with them for six months. Okay. okay. And did it, um, like, I can't yes. remember. Did it continue on when you, or did you close the show? It continued on uh, okay. after me. I had left to okay. do Jasmine. Yes. On the Disney cruise. Yeah. I want to, so I want to hear about, I, that's a good time to pivot because I want to hear about I want to hear about that experience. Um, that that uh, technology uh, on because you have that posted like that technology is fucking oh yeah awesome no joke it's really yeah exactly like if I was a I mean even if I was an adult obviously but if I was a kid and I was seeing that I'd be like you know this is like incredible. I was like a kid in a candy store. My, I, I was in tears. I said, I really get to do this on this mm. stage in this theater on this gorgeous ship in the Caribbean. Are right. you kidding me? You're like, I'm, uh, this is a gig. You're What's like, the size of the theater? Oh my gosh. I think there's 1,500 seats. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I've been to other like cruises, that. and they're, that's they like, can be huge. They can be that's huge. like the St. James, mm-hmm. right? The St. James is like a big fucking theater, and it's like fifteen or 1,700 seats. That's amazing. And so we're, how many like wow. shows per – because I'm, I'm assuming they were normally like week-long cruises that people took. Is that is that true? And, if, and how many shows did you do per, like, uh, per week? So it was the seven-day cruise, and we did the show in rep. So we did Aladdin mm-hmm. – uh, two to three times a week, okay. uh, but it would be like on the same day. So two to three show day. And then the other shows we did were Frozen and um, also an original show called Believe Okay, on, on the ship as well. Which was your, what was your favorite of the three to do? Well, of course I'm biased to Aladdin, but yeah. I will say being in Frozen and the ensemble and also in sort of like a dancer track, Mm. that kicked my ass into gear and really taught i learned so much from doing Mm. that show as well um so that really because i had never been in an ensemble before either so crazy (laughs) stuff um trial by fire so much (laughs) Mm -hmm, basically (laughs) were you um did you do other work in addition to performing on the cruise or was it you were a hundred percent a performer 
Um, so one, our other duties were to assist the guests in doing meet and greets with like mm, okay. those characters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we have another uh, a really good friend who's a performer who did a, a cruise, and um, I'm now remembering that she mentioned that she did some meet and greets as well. Um, and she had the unlucky uh, task of sort of like cutting off the line when it was time to be over. And she had some very amusing stories about parents that were like not throwing, like, not yeah. happy. <laughs> did you have yeah. any experiences like that? We yeah, we did. So it was you were either the front of the line or the back of the line. Mm, and okay. if you were the back of the line, you had to cut it off. But I have to say, I I kind of it taught me how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And because I'm very awkward in real life and it uh, I struggle with that. So it taught me how to be like more personable and, and deal with people that really want to meet Mickey or Minnie. But Minnie's mm-hmm. been out for fu- for a long time and Minnie needs a water break. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> but I learned how to we always say, oh, well, Minnie needs to go and, and prepare for the show tonight. Yeah. So if you want to see her, you can see her tomorrow. <laughs> That's a good one. That's that's good. Or oh, Mick, I would say Minnie has to go get ready for her date with with um, Mickey. She needs to go touch up her makeup or change her dress. She has a very romantic date with Mickey tonight <laughs> on deck eleven. <laughs> so I would say is, is deck eleven where the theater is? No, uh, no. Um, deck eleven would be like where the, you, the um, some of the restaurants were, or like oh, something yeah. like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? The common area type situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, do you have any like? Story, like horror stories that you would feel comfortable sharing about <laughs> either a child or their parent? You know what? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, when you're dealing with like, it's basically customer service. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, yeah. So like by default and so many people, like by default, you're going to have experiences. Yeah. I'm sure. What I will say, though, is the children are just so happy to be there. They are, they were probably the most delightful part about the cruise because as a child going to be on this ship, like, first of all, you're on a beautiful blue ocean and, and the, I mean, the children were nothing but delightful. It was yeah. more so the parents that right. I yeah. struggled with and particularly <laughs> on pirate night because that's when everybody drank. Pi- pirate night oh so each what, ship what's has that? like what's a pirate night one day a week each ship can do like a, some of them did a frozen night or yeah, yeah. pirate night is what we did and so there'd be okay. a little pirate show towards the end of the night but that all the parents would dress up like pirates and that's when they drink for the most oh, no. part oh, and God. i just had a lot of i had a lot of uh <laughs> issues with parents meeting tinkerbell so Tinkerbell is cute as a button. Doing it's her, it's the hardest day for her. She's out from the crack of dawn till late yeah. at night, right? And she needs a good amount of breaks. And so I've had to tell a lot of <laughs> belliger- angry, belligerent, drunk people. I'm sorry, Tinkerbell needs to go back home now. And I'd hear a lot of them go, "Do you know how old I am? Do you know how long I've waited for this?" <laughs> It's like I understand, ma'am. That's still not going to get you to meet Tinkerbell. She's done. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. god! The, kid, the kids are like totally one hundred percent fine. And the, no, yeah, the kids the were never the parents are being jerks. That's always the case. Always. Mm-hmm. The case. Oh, god! Oh that my is goodness! So this is now the second 
very funny Tinkerbell story. We've Tinkerbell had, uh, story. On, uh, I know. On the, this the podcast. Pirate we had, yeah, our friend funny. Dawn is a stage manager, and she told us a very amusing anecdote because uh, she um, she was responsible. She worked at Walt Disney World and was responsible for like catching Tinkerbell because Tinkerbell would fly from like what? So the, the top of the castle, I think right? The, yes, the top of the castle, yes. and then she would disappear into the yes. night. Yes. And there was there had to be somebody there to catch literally catch, catch her as the she, human being that was tinkerbell yeah. as they were like rappelling down a rope so <laughs> but now we can My add this goodness. into the mix yeah. yes <laughs> i don't know what it is about tinkerbell i mean she is very magical so <laughs> people really want to meet her <laughs> um and it was a one and was it a one and done thing so you couldn't even tell them like oh come back tomorrow night well i would usually have this issue towards the end of the night mm. So, yep. yeah, I was I was always because of the way my schedule was, I was always on her last shift. Oh, so gotcha. I would have to deal with that. And so I, my tolerate like my tolerance just you'd had it. Honestly. Yeah, I, I <laughs> but I learned how to, you know, speak to them. And yeah, but even still, you, you run into some some problems there. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, though, it was a good, good crash course in customer service. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've taken that Disney customer service training with me, and mm. I'll always have it, honestly. Yeah, I Yeah, I could absolutely put on my Disney voice anytime you like. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be happy to help you with that. <laughs> uh, thank That's you, hysterical. friend. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh my gosh, I love. I it. have I have McDonald's, McDonald's, which is oh okay, clean as you go. That's mine. Oh, that, and I do it. I I really do yeah, it. And I only go. worked at McDonald's for two fucking weeks yeah. because I couldn't take it. But I left there with that that video training. And I love that tra- mm. it's clean as you go. Mm. And when I worked at the Gap, which was a much longer period of time. I still can fold a T-shirt like a fucking Gap employee. <laughs> that's a good skill. Yeah, I'm like, it is. Like, it is a, a good skill. It is a good skill. Something you need to know. Um, how long do? And so, so, how long was your contract? How long did you oh, do? Yeah. The, how long did you do the cruise? Uh, nine months total. I was rehearsing for two and a half, about, and then for seven months we were on the water. Okay, and where did? Uh, was it always the same port? Where did it leave from? So we'd always leave out of. Um, Port Canaveral in Cape Canaveral, okay. Florida. Yep, yep, and then we yep. would do either the Eastern Caribbean or the Western Caribbean. Gotcha. So you've kind of answered this, but when did you decide you wanted to pursue this as a career? Like, was it was it when you were nine and you wrote your first song? Was it when you were how old? Ten and your mother was mm, like, doing the let's YouTube. get you on YouTube? Yep. Like, what was that moment when you sort of consciously said this is what i want to pursue so i actually it wasn't then i had the yes moment my one of my teachers at am just asked us to go home and say what was your yes moment think about Mm. the moment you had when you knew you wanted to do this and my yes moment was when i saw memphis i was 13 and i had seen memphis when it was still running so one of the actors forgive me, I can't remember the name, but he had been working with the Garnet Dreams Foundation, and that the charity that I had yep. been working with. And Stacy, 
who is my boss, she's, I still work with her. I love her. Um, she knew that I loved to perform and she said, I want you to come see the show. So she took me and a couple of other Garden Dreams kids to see the show. And afterwards they did a talk back and watching the show was, it was incredible for me, like jaw dropping. But what really stuck out to me was the talk back afterwards. And after the talk back, we were walking to the car and we had actually run into one of the actors who was on her way home, grabbing a salad and going back to her apartment. And I was like, so I get to perform. I could perform and be on stage and think this is my 13 year old brain going, I could be like a star and perform and still have a normal life. Like I can still get a salad and hmm. go home and not have to deal with like <laughs> paparazzi. That's a thing. Wait, I want that. <laughs> so that's, that's kind <laughs> of like. What I thought, <laughs> which is, which is the opposite of like the fame fantasy. Oh, that's so totally. that's so fascinating. You're like, oh, I like, can actually like be a normal human yeah, being and yeah, like also that's... pursue my passion and like make a you know make a living out of it. So that yeah. was your yes moment. Yeah, I, love I love that. that. I love I love that um the that framing device too that your um whoever that was that 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 taught you that that's a, that's very a very cool i do you know what your yes moment is schneider god i don't think I don't um know if i do i mean well i'm a little i mean i'm a little different because i didn't want to really pursue this like professionally this was more of like a, it was like music was always well, just there and it was a creative outlet and it was just extremely meaningful to me but i didn't like i i wanted to you know go into music business like i didn't i didn't want to be i never wanted to be a performer even though i enjoy like playing for audiences like that right. that wasn't really like my jam so much so i don't i don't think i had like yeah I, I, but i i and i that i sort of knew pretty early on that it wasn't it, you know i i wanted to like have a career like in the arts but like not as a performer right what about you i Jen? i you know i don't think I think that's maybe that's why I'm confused about the answer because I mm. think there was a certain point in undergrad that I decided I didn't want to pursue acting anymore because it was too terrifying for me. So maybe mm. that's why I also feel like some, you know, it was more of like a series of things. Mm. It wasn't like a moment where I was like, and I don't remember what that moment was. It was I'm sure that moment was probably in high school because I did do a lot of, I was in almost every play and almost every musical mm. in high school. And so I just kind of thought that's just going to keep happening. But, you know, right. I was also in Southwest Kansas. So that's <laughs> not quite the same thing as being here. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was um, really the social aspect. Like I always enjoyed being oh, in chorus yes. and doing the musicals and all of that. But, uh, you know, mostly just because it's like theater people are fun. I mean, they just yeah, are. So what is that like? So, so like, yeah, like what was the funniest, the... smartest people? Like, I was like, I want these people to be my friends. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The community, like at the mm -hmm. office, you said. So that was obviously those people, a lot of them had been working together, had been on stage for a bit doing the show and, and they welcomed you with open arms. And that was equally a great experience, the community, as was being on stage. It was like a breath of fresh air. I felt... Like I had never, cause I never hung out with the, the kids that did theater growing hmm. up. So to be welcomed with such open arms and t like, they really took me under their wing because I was also the youngest person in the cast as well. Hmm. And I, I didn't want them to know that. I didn't want them to know that it was my first musical, 
But oh, as I was I just going to ask you if you them, if you had told them that it was here, so you didn't. I waited for a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there were a lot of things that I, you know, didn't know or were still trying to navigate. Like some people love to show up right at the thirty. Other people like to show up three hours before the show. These mm. were things I was didn't know what was right for me or what I felt right, to right. do my best. So I they just saw me like I was just observing a lot, um, mm. a lot of like their processes and how they do stuff. And I learned so much. And they're so fun. And like you said, like theater people are so smart and funny and goofy. And we just know how to have a good goofy. ass yes. time. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And like quick witted and just, yeah, just, yeah. And I love the like just roll up the sleeves, can do nature of theater people. It's like, let's put on a show. I mean, it's like, and yeah. people can just like roll with the punches, you know? <laughs> I was reading exactly. a really interesting article like about how a lot of theater actors right now are obviously doing television and everything, and how television has been like sort of like welcoming. Uh, welcoming them in uh, and um, you know and just how like theater people in general have been really willing to like roll with the punches like this past you know year plus of insanity and like changing you know paradigms and you know like one day there may be these rules that they it, 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 the article was basically like you know theater people are adept at that because it's like you know it's always like there's with live entertainment you know there's always some sort of something that happens it's like it's challenging and you got to be quick. Exactly. And I, I, agree, I definitely agree with you. We're so willing to just, hey, let's try it. Mm -hmm. If we've never done it before, we'll figure it out. What have you done for the yeah. last? I mean, I, I feel like really fortunate to be able to see you sing because you post regularly on Instagram. 100%. You're like, this is me singing. This is me singing. I'm singing. Is that sort of like been a way for you to keep fresh or you know what what yeah how have you been yeah. occupying yourself what's your life looked like for the past 14, 14. months almost My at this point goodness yes isn't it crazy just crazy but i'm blessed I'm, I'm thankful and blessed to like have stayed healthy and my family has mm. too throughout the pandemic but i i've made it a major it was my objective to go okay if i can't perform I'm going to learn as much as I can about theory recording, like diving into the technicalities of my voice. Let's see how mm. we can improve and putting myself out there even more on social media. Because for all of these years that I've been posting, I don't have much of a social media presence. I don't have a lot of followers. I don't get a lot of views. Um, but I know that it's it takes work and time and also if you're lucky, you can go like something goes viral, you know, mm. um, yep. but right. I just want to have stuff out there. If anybody Googles me, I want them to be able to see exactly what I'm like, up to at this current moment, what I'm doing, right. how to find me. You know what I mean? So that's what yes. I've been focusing on. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and you've you, been very successful yeah. at that for sure, because it was I, like I said, it's been exciting to see you through Instagram. But also then when we were getting ready to talk to you today to go back and look at yeah, like I said, the quantity of stuff that you have shared with people is is really lovely, and and, it's definitely and a gift. all of it is so so fucking good. So, um, I know it just takes. It's like 
it's a, it's always a kind of a little bit of a mystery for us. And obviously we're in very different places because we've been, <laughs> we're old and um, uh, we, st- we have like, I think we have what, like 30 followers on YouTube or no, something, I don't know. maybe 29, but like, like you said, Brittany, and it's, it's work. It's, it definitely it's is work. work. And it's and, so weird. Yeah. Cause you don't know what that thing is. Um, and you have to like, that's one thing that, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not comparing us because you have your we're we're obviously in very different worlds and and different places but like you you have to keep doing that what what we've learned is you have to keep doing it you know that's the thing and we actually enjoy it i mean we don't really like each other very much but we enjoy <laughs> the stuff that we produce um and that's satisfying in it in and mm-hmm. of itself so that's amazing. That's that's beautiful to hear that you that you have that you made that goal and that you yeah. Um, kept it. I mean, we started this yeah. podcast during we started we had recorded like one episode and then in once person. this all happened yes. in we person, we did one the first episode in person. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, uh, okay, we're obviously not going to be able to do the the the. We were going to try to record the year after, as you know, we contacted you about mm-hmm. that some time ago we're still hoping to do that at some soon point by the way but um we were like what could let's do this let's do this podcast we've been talking about it for probably you know almost a year i would say by the time we actually got around to started starting it so um well and honestly it's but, been yeah. it's been you know we sort of started as usual tim has to like talk me into things and i kind of he kind of wears me down over time i was like yeah. podcast i don't know i don't want to do podcast but it's honestly been such a gift and it's been a lifeline through this whole experience and it's been like a fun social thing and it's been an opportunity to stay in touch with people like you and like just hear how people have been like getting through this like insane unprecedented unprecedented time and uh yeah so it's just been it's been wonderful to get different perspectives and everything you guys have always been such a wonderful presence in my life both like professionally and personally just like drop whenever you guys drop in or we catch up every couple months or i see something that you guys post like it's just so wonderful to see and your work is incredible and like you are find like findable on YouTube and I've seen watched all of the videos and it's great quality content, like great video quality too. Like it's just, you know, you guys are really do like you're doing it and it's awesome. So I need you to know that too. And it means a lot to me <laughs> as an you. artist. Thank you. you know? That, that you. definitely means a lot coming from you. And you know, we like Thank to be you. we like to be uh as uh what's the word with consistent? Sure. Predictable. Predictable <laughs> no (laughs) anyway no we yeah consistent i think is a good thing you know to to be to to continue to like make stuff like i said um and speaking of making stuff like we're go we're so excited we're gonna do a thing the three of us we're going yeah that you're gonna sing a song that we wrote that is brand new new. like in i think we just did that in april we've uh, literally just had the first you know 10 months of this we didn't really do a lot of writing maybe eight months uh and then we've sort of been dipping our toes back in but uh we this song is very new like last two months maybe and after i recorded yeah. the first rough demo like we immediately thought of your voice on that oh we laughed like children drunk with joy skipping over what we absently destroyed the sky light from our cocoon we made our wish on paper moons that 
we're thrilled that you're agreeing to to sing it. Yes. So thrilled to be working with you guys again. It's always so it's great. awesome. Um, and that will be available, listeners, as a separate episode. What, what a little separate yeah. episode. That song will be available as a separate episode. So please. Listen to the amazing Brittany Ann. And also, I will put up links on the No Hope website to Brittany Ann's YouTube. But as as we have all said, instantly Googleable. Yeah. Or just get on YouTube and uh, and look for Brittany Ann Aceta. Um Okay, let's talk a little bit more about musicals. Sure. Should we? I mean, I, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it's allegedly our... Our bread and butter. We we talk about a lot of really random stuff, Brittany Ann. Like it's, we're supposed to be talking about musical theater, but you know we sometimes devolve into like geography lessons, uh, which are wi- important wildlife uh, documentaries. Anyway, so yes, we should so we should I'm get back to music. You get it all. Yeah. So what I'm hearing <laughs> exactly. is you just get it all here. I can come all here for it. anything. Whatever I'm yes, feeling, exactly. I'll just put you guys on in my podcast, and and then we go for it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So are you gonna are you gonna do this, Tim? The first the first oh, one. Okay, I can do this. So this is a this is a standard question that we ask our guests, um, and it's I guess when we started talking about musicals, I said, I mean, the, I know musicals. Like I was introduced to musicals as a kid because of The Wizard of Oz, and it was a big event it you know at that at that this was back in the day when you know there wasn't streaming and you couldn't just watch anything at any time so this is the wizard of oz would come on every year like once a year at i think it was thanksgiving i think and every we would all sit down and watch the wizard of oz and scott was like oh no i we I don't. I mean, we might have watched The Wizard of Oz mm. once, but for his family, it was The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. So we're curious if either of those things actually you're like, oh, yeah, or if it's some other musical entirely or maybe it's like no musical at all. Oh, my gosh. It was Annie for me. It's the hard knock life for us. It's the hard knock life for us. Annie. <laughs> that someone else yeah. said that. Didn't I was they? like, that seems to be one that, yeah, that found yeah. people at a young age. Mm-hmm. Yes, Annie, mm-hmm. particularly specifically because of the movie, like specifically. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which did you see? By the way, that the next NBC Live musical is going to be Annie. Just FYI. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God! That's I read that awesome. this week too. I yeah. meant to remember that. Yeah. I don't know if they've announced casting yet, but uh, but yeah, I did. I saw. I, I think I saw that with the the last couple of days. Wow, that's. Have be... you been watching any of those, Brittany Ann? No, no, honestly, I've really just kind of been under the radar at this point, like <laughs> this whole quarantine. So no. Yeah. Um, I've watched like a little bit of Rent. Okay. I did watch. Or a, a, I did not watch that. A significant uh, portion. I, I rewatch Jesus Christ Superstar, which I don't remember if it was NBC or not, but that one was actually quite good. I would recommend that. Oh, I meant to watch that. It's That's great. John. Le- John Legend did it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I heard I that. One was that. Really I heard good. really yeah, good things. If you, if you about only it, yes. see like one of those live ones, I would definitely recommend that one. Um, so speaking of, because you just name dropped it, Tim. There is another stand. It's becoming a standard question that we're asking our guests because it's oh. it seems to be polarizing for some reason. This musical, um, 
And so we, it's just fun to ask people like for this particular musical, do you love it or do you hate it? Or are you somewhere in between? And that musical is the musical Rent. I love it. I do. I think I love it. It has a lot of, um, I think it's very prevalent and it's been a lo- like just a, a musical that a lot, like especially in school too, like mm. that's been used for examples, educational purposes. Like it's, yeah, I love it. I think this, the everything about it is is great, and it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant piece of art. Mm. That's what I think. Is it something that you actually listened to? Like, is it something that you did listen to or do listen to on some, uh, you know, on any sort of like, oh, I need to listen to Rent right now, and you listen to like the whole thing? Um, uh, not particularly, but going th- uh, like again, like in school, it was mm. something that we had studied, Cited. and I had a lot of respect for it and and the the music that came Mm. out of it as well so do you ever listen to musical theater like for enjoyment or (laughs) or is it just you know because you you have a i mean i'm 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 gathering and that you have a pretty broad taste in music so i'm just curious if you ever like tim said are like oh i'm gonna listen to this random show just for fun um sometimes i do have quite a few musical soundtracks on my in my apple music Mm. downloads um that i do listen to i mean hades town the soundtrack that was like my jam every day for this past year but um have you did you listen to the original album the sort of concept album that she uh that she did I didn't. I bet it's brilliant, oh, though. You oh, should to- you, you should, should totally you should. check that out. You would love it. Would I love just it. listened to it. Like yeah. I just did it like a couple of weeks ago, and it it really is good. Because the thing that I I actually really loved Hades Town, but I hate the fact that you can't really listen to it because there's so much dialogue in mm, it. So that is true. there are there, yeah. there are very few act- standalone yeah, songs. songs. Yeah. Um, All I've ever known, which you cover on, is it? Is it on YouTube or is it only on your website or is everything website. on on your website also on YouTube? Uh, no, so that that's not necessarily. Only on my website. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah, that that I love that song. I was alone so long. I didn't even know that I was lonely. Out in the cold so long. Didn't even know that I was cold. Turn my collar to the wind This is how it's always been All I've ever known is how to hold my own All I've ever known is how to hold my own But now I want to hold you And I love the fact that they released that as a duet with um, the two leads that so it doesn't have any dialogue mm. in it. Did you know that? I did not. No. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yes, the, 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 the soundtrack or the, the cast recording itself has so much dialogue in it. It's not it's not you don't really want to listen mm. to the sh- I don't want to listen to the show. You know what I mean? But so I finally went and listened yeah, go to back the, to that concept. Um, Anias Mitchell. Anias right? Mitchell. Yeah. yeah and it's it's, ama- it's really beautiful. It's really, yeah, really beautiful. Great. 
And so fascinating to know that all of it was written, what, in like 2013 or something? I think that's when the original album came out. I think out. so. Like, yes. it was like, it had been around so, for a while. And me, because I remember there was a, a whole workshop run Like, build of that it. wall stuff. When when I first heard oh, that right. on Broadway, when I saw that, I was like, this is a little too on, on the, the nose. nose. And it's like, nope, that and song already like, existed before. That was like five years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. She was like prophetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it's always kind of been going on, but you know, it it just was just felt like. <laughs> um, so, what about this? Is a this is more of a fun standard question, which is, um, do you have any like people that you stalk on Broadway, Broadway boyfriends, Broadway loves, Broadway crushes? Um, as Scott always says, it could be a talent crush, yes, or it could just be somebody that you. I mean, qualify it. I don't think I've ever like had a massive crush on somebody that was not also talented. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, like you like them for every, for yeah. all of themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I, if I like you because of your art, chances are I have a fat crush on you and that's mm-hmm. just how it's going to yeah. go. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I definitely do have a couple. I mean, <sighs> Christina Saju. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but she played, um, she originated the role of Sandy Cheeks in SpongeBob. And oh, I, I didn't okay. see that, which I really wish I had. I didn't either. Me too. Mm. I'm so bummed. I had the privilege of, I didn't uh, particularly work with her, but I had met her through the Garden of Dreams Foundation. That, okay. That's foundation. They, they've like done wow. some, a lot for me and I've worked yeah, very closely yeah. with them. Um, but she, I didn't think she knew who I was, but I had met her a couple years back. Um, when we were workshopping for a talent show that we do. And then I was doing The Office and we started rehearsing again and she popped up and I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to go say hi to her? I have to say hi to her, but I'm so scared. <laughs> she knew exactly who I was. And I told her like, I don't, you know, I was like, I don't know if you know, but like I am an actor as well. And like, I'm on off Broadway right now. And she just like had these words of encouragement and wisdom. And she's like, I know exactly who you are. And you're doing all the everything right. Like, just keep going. And that meant so much to me. But oh I God. have such a massive crush on her. And I follow her on everything. And, like, <laughs> just love her as a person, too. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, awesome. And that you had a good, like, that your interaction was great. And she was yes. encouraging and everything. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes that yes. can be. Yeah. Yeah. It can be hit or miss. That's come up on the podcast, too. That uh, sometimes meeting it's great idols. meeting your idols. And sometimes it's yeah. not. <laughs> Anyone else? I do. I'm trying to think of like everybody because there's quite mm. a few people. Michael Park is someone. He played the father uh, in Dear Evan Hansen. He plays. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I okay. have uh, looked up to him for a long time as well. I also it's the it's the actors I find that I've had like um, interactions with that I want to yeah. like, stick with them and, and follow them. So I, I had workshopped with him when I was like fifteen or sixteen, and he. So you're talking, you're talking more talent crushes. Oh Are there gosh. any just like crushes? <laughs> I mean, even Oblazada has my heart, and mm. I know, I know she's, she's actually with, um, she's with the the guy who plays the other lead in. Town, like they're totally oh, she? I totally did yeah, not know that. Yes. I totally did not know that. Totally ship it, but if she ever, you know, <laughs> if she ever, if you're listening, 
Not you, uh, if she's ever listening and not doesn't you know wasn't feeling it anymore. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have a talent crush on her. She's like no joke. Yeah. Like her voice yeah. is like well, yeah, that too. Amazing. I saw her in Miss Saigon, and I was like, what? I mean, to try to you know like make that role your own after like what Leia Salonga did, and yet she did. It was like phenomenal. She was she was great. I love. I'm like Surely. fully fully on in the fan club of her she's awesome okay that's good that's good because i wanted to just show Mm. both sides i was like i don't know if you're talking about having this crush on this this um father figure when you were 15 like a crush crush or just a talent crush and it sounded more like a talent crush in that in that regard not that that's not possible you know i i I had a crush on my sociology teacher when i was 15 oh wow you're really going there huh yeah you know i'm just saying it's possible um (laughs) Oh, it is totally okay. possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's what makes life so confusing and wonderful. Um, okay. Well, oh, this is a good question because, well, I mean, I know we're getting ready to talk about musicals more, but more. oh, oh, wait, I want to ask this question. Yeah. I want to ask <laughs> Mandy Patinkin, <laughs> do you love him or hate him? You have to pick one. <laughs> Oh God! I feel yeah, like I don't. You can't. You this can't go so neutral with Mandy Patinkin. No, this is so bad because, like, I just feel like I've heard his the name come up so much that I'm like, I just don't. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know enough. Well, okay. That's okay. I think that's right, a good answer. Actually, yeah. talk about a yeah. neutral answer is like I don't know who Mandy Patinkin is. <laughs> that means like, pretty much like great. Like, not on my radar. No, I, I, um, I'm always um, astonished by how. Mandy Patinkin's resume is it's insane. Massive. I'm like, he whoever has been his every musical his agent on- is is like the hardest working person in show business because I'm like he like has been in every single You're Broadway. Like, there musical are ever, other men TV. who can sing yeah. and that aren't assholes. But <laughs> well, oh, okay, yeah, so, I think okay. I think we maybe gave away where where we yeah. fall on the on the continuum. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Anyway, but that actually uh, moves yes. us in. It's moves us in. A- Quite perfect, smoothly, a perfect seg actually into the question that we're getting ready to ask you is what musical do you love? Mm-hmm. And in fact, you have come to defend mm-hmm. a musical that Scott did I'm, not I'm, love. Yes. And that musical stand. is Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Woohoo! I am ready to have my opinion changed. Yes. I am. T- I, I. You know, I didn't even realize. I was just looking up stuff today, even though you yeah. talked about this. Because, of course, well, th- this is the thing, Brittany Ann. When we do episodes of just ourselves, we don't tell the other person what right. we're going to talk about. Yeah, we sort of so surprise that each other. There's a little element of surprise. It has its downsides because mm. sometimes you're not. You know, you think of thing. You think of later. arguments later, but it's still kind of fun for us to be able to have a little bit. Of, most of the time, conflict. Um, and let me just. And I didn't realize that Dave Malloy, who is the mm-hmm. what um, like, everything he did everything, yeah, like, yeah. lyricist, yes, book writer, all the creative composer, elements. arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Ohio University, oh. which is where I got my graduate degree, I where I got my MFA, that. and he studied music composition and English literature hmm. at Ohio University. He grew up in a, a Lakewood, Ohio, which I'm assuming is fairly small because I haven't heard of Ohio and I lived in Ohio for three years. So, um, but I was like, oh my God, 
I, I didn't I didn't know that. I had no well, idea. I'm sure that OU is super excited about the fact oh, sure. that Dave Malloy <laughs> went to school. Yeah, there. absolutely. <laughs> and but just for to provide some context before we launch in and pass the baton, I, Tim and I were talking earlier this week, and I was like, "This is actually I I want to hear like somebody's perspective that really loved this because for me, it's like I actually did really want to like the show and listening back to the episode like my gripes were more about the experience that i had like i was in the back row of the theater and it was like it was sort of less the nuts and bolts of the actual show and just like my overall experience and i had been i had been um sort of pitying pitying myself that i had i had wished i had seen it like earlier when it was like at Ars Nova at a smaller in, in the smaller space or when it did that um sort of off-Broadway run where I think they were serving dinner like I think I would have really liked it when it was like fully in that interactive element um so that's sort of where I was coming from but yeah I want to hear I want to hear I want to hear Tell about your us, experience yeah, what, the show. what was your experience how did you how were you introduced to it when did you foresee it mm-hmm. all that all those details so I had first seen it while I was at AMDA one of my wonderful friends that I had um, gotten close with who was in my class. Um, Her name's Allie. And she was like raving about this musical. And at the time, I mean, I'm still like at the time I didn't, I was still doing all my, on my work on, on like learning about musicals, seeing musicals. I felt like I was late to the game, to be honest Mm. with you. She goes, you've never seen Natasha Pierre in the great. Okay. And she bought me and my friend tickets. Oh my God. All of us tickets. She was amazing. Like, what an angel. And she's like, you need to see the show. You need, mm. especially because you're a musician, you need to see this show and know that it is possible for you to do this. Like, you are meant for this. Um, cause I was at a, just a weird point. I was just questioning everything, existential crisis, but I'm still, we all still, I'm still <laughs> sure that, right? We all um, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we went and, I was a mess after that, like mm. just to be able to see, I mean, the ensemble, cause we were sitting pretty far back too. Okay. Um, to see that I could really be an actor on Broadway and also play an instrument. Like that is possible. Um, uh, I don't necessarily yeah. have to be a lead role to mm. do that or, you know, there, there doesn't have to be like any specific thing. I could just do it. And, that was really profound to me. And I just, when I saw it, at least like the ensemble was so engaging and mm. they just had like stars in their eyes. And I, I just couldn't keep, I didn't know where to look. Cause like everything was just so interesting to look at. And I think the score is brilliant as well. I really enjoyed the experience. It was a great, it was a great performance that I saw too. And for me, it was more so just solidifying that I could do really do mm. this. So you really like saw an opportunity and saw a different kind of show in it. Yes. And when it closed, my heart broke and I cried. Because oh. <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm going to be in the show. Like, it's going to yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely, I can definitely 100% appreciate that. And the fact that, yeah, they were the, I mean, it was, it's such an ensemble show. Yeah. You know, even there, there even though there are those like standout principal roles, it's like, as I recall, it's like there's a lot of people on stage for like yeah. most of the show. It's uh, a good sized yeah, cast, big, big mm-hmm. cast. And uh, who did you see? Yeah, who was uh, who was in the cast when you saw it the first time? Do you remember? Did you see Josh Groban? I did not see Josh Groban. I actually okay. saw. Um, I can't pronounce his name um, very well, but the the man who was in Hamilton. 
I got oh, to yeah. see him. Oh, that's him awesome. He got like, I remember he got like really good reviews. People he were was, saying he, he was, was like, amazing. Really brilliant. Brilliant. Mm. Truly. What is um, his name? Uh, yeah, I saw Josh Groban, who does have a great voice. And I to- told him an amusing anecdote because uh, the person sitting next to me was basically like, a Josh Groban super fan. He had like uh, he had like like taken a like rode the bus up like from like multiple states away to see it. So like every time like Josh Groban came on stage, he was like <gasps> it's really, really wow. funny. I was trying to look up A the actor who replaced Josh Groban. Who uh, played uh who was, was the other lady? Why isn't he is it Danae Benton? Was she? I think that's I did. Her name, right? I got was she to see still Danae. in it? Danae Benton. Oh, she was great. She was good. And I also got to see it when, oh my goodness, when Sonia was played by. Oh, um, Ingrid Michaelson? Yes. Ingrid Michaelson? I, oh, okay. I really I saw got her lucky. Too. Yeah, you oh really luck. You you definitely like lucked out on the casting for sure. I was like, so tem- I, I was like, I, I love Ingrid Michaelson, so I was like, it was tempting to like go go see that. Was she good in it? Oh, she's spectacular! It was. I think I really got lucky. I think it was just mm. the fact that I had such special treatment and like the cast that was mm. there and just the energy. There might have been a chance that me and you, Tim, were at the same performance. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Can you imagine? That would be amazing. I I loved. I mean, I really like Ingrid Michaelson, yeah. and I loved the fact that she took a role that was a supporting role, mm-hmm. and she was very much an ensemble member. She didn't feel like a diva at all to me. Mm-hmm. She real and and she does have a really strong voice and presence. And I yeah, I really I also felt like. That was one of the reasons why, like, I didn't hate the show. Mm. I didn't love it, but I, I did have, I did like both of those performers like so much, and I and I thought the cast did a wonderful job. Also, another woman that we know was in it at the time, Kennedy Coggle, and mm-hmm. um, and then wait, there was one of the, oh, and then I was listen, I was I didn't get through the entire score today, but I listened to part of it, and it's a like. It's what are your favorite? Tell us what your yeah, favorite. What some, do you remember some of the songs? What's your, what are your, some of your favorite moments and songs? Oh my goodness! Well, I was gonna say Grace McLean is also someone that I have a big crush on, mm. and she was in the cast when I saw it. Okay, okay, and um, she sang in my house in my house her voice is insane in my house in my house a nice girl very nice you dirty nasty wench of a thing now don't you say one word in my house in my house a horrid girl a hussy it's lucky for him he escaped but i'll find him now you listen to me when i speak to you now you listen to me when i speak to you in my house in my house do you hear what i'm saying or not and after seeing that, I was like, first of all, I'm in love. Let's get married yeah. right now. And secondly, <laughs> to hear someone with a voice like that on Broadway solidified a lot for me because she didn't have the tip. She doesn't have the tip. I guess, well, typical Broadway now, but you know sure. what I'm saying. And totally, totally. The grittiness in her voice and how she did that eight times a week with help, like healthily, you know, like mm-hmm. how 
blew my mind. So that, that was like jaw dropping on the floor. And then to see Danae Benton sing No One Else live was like a dream come true. I mean, yeah, and Sonia alone to hear Ingrid Michaelson sing that too. It, it was like I felt like I was just yeah. Did you did you that see it more song. than once, or it, it was? Uh, I only saw it once. Okay, yeah. but it was so. It's so. I have so many um, memories ingrained in my head because I think also like the circumstances of where I was at in my life, and to see mm. that so much stuck with me. I felt sure. like I was starstruck the whole time. Um. It really like we really honestly could have been at the same show or we were really because, because of the overlap. Michelson was only in the show from July 3rd to August 13th. Oh, wow. What? And the gentleman from uh, Hamilton, who it, I wish that I had prepared myself yeah. to pronounce his name, but he was only in the show from July 11th through August 13th. Yeah, it wasn't so that a long even, run. Then that, that even reduces yeah. it by another week. Yeah. So I think there was like Very a four possible. week period that that you and I both yeah. saw the show, which is which is really really because awesome then and after fun. that was when they were going to bring in Mandy Patinkin, Mandy, yeah. correct? Fucking but then it like Patinkin. didn't happen for all all sorts of numbers of reasons. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah it, it's interesting. Like in the time that we're in mm-hmm. right now, um, if you know that was a that was a pretty major thing actually that that the cast and producers the outcry from the cast and from the Broadway community uh, to make that for the producers to make that decision was so fucked up Mm -hmm. and it actually did something. I mean, it unfortunately closed the show and closed the show for all of those people working on the show, but it did on some level, at least was a little bit of a no, 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 this is not right. Mm To those producers, you know, because, um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, you know, who wants to see Mandy Patinkin when you could see the guy from Hamilton who was fucking amazing? <laughs> anyway, I wish I could say his name because now I feel stupid. Um, okay, so what else? Um, the accordion? I love well, the accordion. Is I love it. It's uh, incredible. Well, it's I just, mean, I'm just like looking it? for what, oh, what, other, okay. what are other things that like stuck with you? Other moments that stuck with you, other things that, uh, what about the opening? What did you, how did you feel about the opening, about the prologue? That was something that Schneider hated. Yeah, and Tim loved it. You hated it. it. I I loved it. Yeah, Yeah, we had a very different take on like the song. So, okay. Yeah. I, so I studied up, this is like the nerd in me. I studied up on like how Dave Malloy wrote the show, and it's based Mm. on a 70 page excerpt of War and Peace. And, the nature of war and peace, like a big theme in it is dogmatism. And that's just like, this is what it is. And it is because it is. And that's it. And I loved that because in the prologue, I feel like there was so many questions of like, why are they introducing themselves? Here is a very brief and vague description of their relationship to the show, but just deal with it. This is what it is. <laughs> and I kind of loved that. I was like, okay, 
Like I'm along for the ride. You so I'm souls. Just mm-hmm. okay, sure. Take me where where I need to go. Um, but I can understand why someone else wouldn't like that, you know. But I I don't know. I think it was so different at the time too. It's just it was just different. Um, that I was like, okay, cool. I'm here for it. <laughs> for me, I wanted it to come back. Oh. Like I wanted them to do that again. Mm-hmm. Whether at the start of the second act or you mean like sort of maybe, coming out you know, of the story a bit. And yes, sort of because I feel it. like. One of the problems that I had, despite that introduction and despite having the program in front of you, is is really keeping up with everything and following everything. And they know that, right? Because they made that song. They wrote that song right. knowing that we were going to have trouble. Yep. But then they don't give us another chance, which I, I just feel like they missed an opportunity mm. to... Um, bring that same motif back and kind of remind us where we are or, you know, teach us where we are again so that we can go into the home stretch kind of a little more grounded. Cause I feel like as time went on, I, I was, I, I felt like I was losing parts of the story. And so I, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I did have like an overall, I was really glad that I got to see it. I also feel as Scott does, I really mm-hmm. wish I had seen it in one of its earlier incarnations. Yep. Cause I think it would have been a very different, especially in like Ars you know? Nova, which is like a really small space. And, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Were, you aware, were you aware of the show in its er- earlier incarnations? Like, had you heard of it or was it, it really, you know, through what you described that you became aware of the show yeah it wasn't until i didn't become aware of it until it was on broadway but Hmm. hearing that it was the first show for or first musical to to go to broadway from ars nova like that was insane and ars nova is a great space and like totally yeah um you know so many great shows are done there so it but i i do agree with you i think it would have been i don't know how i would have felt to see it in an intimate space like Hmm. that um, I think just the environment, the environment of, of being in that large theater too, it created like this really exciting energy too. Um, but I do, I, I guess I do agree with you on the, like the, the prologue could have been used again. Cause I definitely found myself going, wait, okay, Sonia's good. Natasha's young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andre isn't here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. the show's yeah, going on, sure. you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it could have been like a, even if it was like a double time or something, you know, just something that would remind you of all the stuff again so that you could i don't know let go of let go of thinking about it um trying to figure it out you know mm-hmm. um so if you oh, could yes. be in any broadway show as your next gig is it that show or is there another sort of like dream show that you or role that you would love to play oh gosh this this makes me i don't know this maybe i'm putting my foot in my mouth now because like I'm in love with Eva Noblezada and like she's mm. amazing, but also to play Eurydice would be mm. the biggest dream ever. That would be a great uh, role. Yeah, and that music is fantastic. Incredible. And it's a great role. Beautiful show mm-hmm. too. Did you see the show? I never got to see it. Oh, because um, I was on the boat. Yeah, and then oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, I yeah. came home. Yeah. Wait. And- were you were you on the boat when this all went down? Oh yeah, I meant and to okay. ask that too. Yeah. So it was okay. My contract ended on May fourteenth. Okay. And on sorry, March fourteenth. March fourteenth. Oh. And then on March seventeenth, the world shut down. Yeah. So you so, actually finished your contract or Yeah, wow. we finished it. We were on the ship. 
doing shows and we were hearing about something going on and how they weren't letting guests on anymore from China and we don't really Mm -hmm. know what's going on, but something's happening. I didn't, we felt anxious. We were like, oh my God, what if we get stuck on the ship? Oh, Mm -hmm. ha ha. That's never going to happen. Like it's going to, it's all just to, you know, and then we got, I got home and it was like isolation all over again. Like I didn't get to see anyone because I, we had to quarantine. So yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy, Crazy. Oh, stuff. Thank, well, thank, thank God you, were, you got home. Yeah, you were able to get home. And yeah. Did you read about some of those horror of stories course. about people being like stuck, stuck on boats? Months. For yes. months. months and months and months. Like nobody would let them into their country. Yeah. Oh, it's really thank, horrible. I mean, yeah. Very, very grateful that I was able mm-hmm. to get home. Yeah. Because yes. And and so the cast after me was quarantined on the ship okay. for only five we- five weeks. But five weeks is five weeks. Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and some of the other guests were on there. Well, not guests, some crew members, I think, were on there for quite a few months because they mm-hmm. couldn't go ho- get home. Exactly. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, then that must have, okay, not so- that it was an <laughs> adjustment for everyone, but I'm sure that was like quite an adjustment for, for you. I mean, being on a cruise ship and like surrounded by people like 24 uh, seven and then like, you know, the complete opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was weird because I do uh, consider myself kind of a loner. So mm-hmm. on the ship, I'd spend a lot of time in my cabin. Okay. Um, but then I was excited to come home to see my friends and family sure. and then to come home and not be able to see my not, friends and family. Yeah. Definitely sucked. Yeah. Um, but it was weird to be around mm. people. No matter what, I step out of my room and there's people everywhere right. just existing mm-hmm. to almost nothing. But I did, I did get to spend a lot of quality time with my mom and my sister that I had missed out on ever mm-hmm. since like starting to work professionally i mean even before that too i hadn't got to spend a lot of time with them so it was just really nice a little bit of a blessing I, right? there there was a yeah definitely yeah. a silver lining yeah do sure. you consider yourself uh more of a you said a little bit of a loner more of an introvert versus an extrovert extremely introverted okay. i yeah that's actually been a struggle of mine too because i think being a performer and as i continue mm-hmm. hopefully to work professionally I need to be more social and kind of like put myself out there. Um, But I think now having enough time in quarantine, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get out now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, it's interesting Um, though. I actually think I, you know, I read about that quite a bit. I mean, I also identify more as like an introvert, but uh, uh, that it's actually, you know, not, you would think those two things don't align like performer and being introvert introverted, but uh, it's like, no, it kind of does make sense. Cause it's like, you know, it's like a defined thing. It's not like, Oh, you're like having small talk with somebody. It's like, no, I'm like learning a role and I'm getting up on stage and I'm doing the thing. So it actually makes sense if you think about it in that context. It really does. I feel like a, mm. a lot of actors Mm-hmm. And performers are introverted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you're mm-hmm. right. It's a specific thing. It's not mm-hmm. just life. Right. Like you, you're in charge. You know, you're in charge. Like it's a defined thing, and it's like I, you know, I know what I'm doing and what, what to bring to the table. But I think that's also the reason that a lot of people, I mean, you know, fans of 
whoever it is, whether they're a stage performer, mm-hmm. whether they're a singer, whether they're a film uh, actor, that people have an expectation that they're going to be an extrovert totally. and that they're going to want the adoration or they're going to want the, you know, the, the people stopping you on the street mm. and telling you how awesome you are. And, and it's interesting because, yeah, that's not really what that I, which is which goes back to what you were saying earlier about you saw that she could, she could oh, be right. a normal person and have her own life, <laughs> which is so fascinating. Yeah. I love the fact yeah, that 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 I, I love that story. That's a, that's an awesome story. What other roles besides Hades Town? That's a great that's a great role for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, are there any others that you're like, oh, my God, I would love to play I would love to play Dawn in Waitress. Um, oh, yeah. Which is I and great. I've been, you know I've been in for it before and I wasn't something I ever saw myself being right for. But then when I thought about it, I was like, wait, no, this actually makes perfect sense. Like I really think that I could do a good job with this. Um, yeah, her quirkiness and her like specificity and and her place like in the show too mm. and what she brings to it is just so I love that. And I, it's, I think it'd be fun to be, to be a part of something like that. Those are just the first, that's the first one that comes to mind. But actually one of the other ones that's like really profound to me that I would love to do is the girl in once. Oh, oh. yeah. I the, love that musical so yeah, much. It's a uh, great you show. Yeah, you would kill be great, that. Great in that role. You would Thank absolutely you. kill that. I mean, you know what else you could kill? Speaking of like childhood, is you could still kill the Wizard of Oz. What you could? Oh yeah, kill of course that role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know that would. Uh, I would. I would be front row center to see you be Dorothy. Wow, um, I never thought about that. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, thanks, it's a. It's. That that's another musical that I'm like they never. I guess it just is the movie is so iconic, which of course they're you know they're going to remake that movie. Did you know that? No. Oh yeah, really? They're remaking it. Like, they're remaking huh. it. Like why? Obviously, a lot of people are up in up in arms. Well, I mean, you know, it's the technology is yeah, so yeah, old. Yeah, sure, the song, sure. the musical is amazing. Mm-hmm. It has such a place in so many people's hearts. And of course, the biggest problem is that it's probably they're probably going to fuck it up. But I'm always like to be optimistic and think maybe they won't. Maybe <laughs> just maybe they it's won't. The optimist in here. Um, I mean, I'm gonna go see it yeah. unless I hear like, well, I'm probably gonna go see it no matter what, honestly, because I really love mm. Wizard of Oz. But um, um, I have is there any th- another question that I meant to ask earlier, which is a little yes. bit of a random pivot. But um, so you you have you know performed in a number of venues as big as Madison Square Garden. You know, we did our show at the Green Room 42. I, uh, uh, I rewatched your wonderful Let It Be clip at 54 Below. Uh, is there like a dream venue that you haven't performed in yet and are like, oh, I really want to play X? Like, is there a place that like would really wow, be exciting that's to a, you? In- that's a great question. I've never thought about that. I don't think I have a, an answer. I've never thought about the spaces. I just say yeah. my art's going to bring me like wherever whatever it is. where it needs to bring me, and I'll find, I'll find the beauty and the love in it because yeah. I'm there for a reason. And so, 
Yeah, that's great. That doesn't really matter to well, me. I just, yeah. I'm just happy to just to be doing it. Make art. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally, <laughs> I'll 100%. do it to in a in a small room with three people. Like I don't care. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, trust us, you're talking to the right people. <laughs> Some of our earlier cabarets. <laughs> The small room yeah. with three people. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and it's like, I enjoyed those experiences. Like you said, I, yeah. I still, it doesn't matter how many people. It's like, you're, you're making music with, with artists. It's like, exactly. doesn't get, doesn't get much that better than that. And I am and, very yeah. much looking forward to a, the soon of being able to do that again. Of uh, yes. actually being in the room, making music with people. Yeah. So. We're hoping that you'll still you'll still uh, yeah. do the the year after recording when we when we can get all yeah. this rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I can't uh, wait yeah. to work with you guys again. And yeah. after we record this, the first thing we're doing, which mm-hmm. I'm super excited about, and Woo-hoo. whatever you oh guys God, need, wait. I'm there. Yes. I'm there. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's been yes, so, it's been so wonderful good. to have you, um, and thank you for sharing some of your afternoon with us. Uh, and we can't wait to to you know hear the song and yes and get in like, a room together again. See really what you soon. do next because we're both big fans of yours and we'll always be big fans of yours. Well, I'm big fans of you guys too. Feelings mutual. I'm just so happy to to work with you guys and call you collaborators and and friends too. Like just so thank you for everything. Thank you, uh, Brittany Anaceta, everyone. We'll be back next episode with just Scott. Don't be too disappointed. Don't exactly. (laughs) Don't be too disappointed, but we're going to rewind the fuck out of a bunch of stuff. Fix some, fix some stuff and talk about more musicals musicals we love. And maybe don't love as much. We don't love until next time. Hey,